It's always good to speak to Ruawai because, see, I'm famous in Ekatahuna, and now I'm famous in Ruawai, and one day when I get to Mongolia, we'll remember that this message was first preached at Ruawai. So I really practice here. (laughs) Hearing God's voice. A couple of weeks ago, I um, downloaded a... um, an e-book called Can't You Talk Louder, God, by Steve Schultz. And he's the guy who started the Elijah list, which is a prophetic email list that you can get with all sorts of words from people around the world, believing that that's what they're hearing from God, and some of them maybe. And uh, he's written a very good book. Well, I, I haven't actually read it, but I did look at the first two chapters, and in just the first two chapters I saw some really valuable points and so I've, I've, I've drawn them out. And then uh, when I was just checking the Lord, is this the message you want me to bring? Because I ask and I ask and I ask till I'm really sure. Um, uh, the proofs came in from the magazine, that one of the magazines that I sell in Australia called The Christian Pulse. And one of the articles was from Tanya Harris. And it was called Barriers to Hearing the Voice of the Lord. So I knew I was on track. And as I read that through... And you can, uh, d- you can get that at www.godconversations.com. Tanya Harris is a, uh, is a, is a pastor who specialises in teaching on hearing the voice of God. It's a huge subject. In fact, next month I'm going to bring part two because it's just too much to cover in, 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 in one, one session. But the scripture that I want to hang my message on is a scripture that's very, very, very important. In John 10, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Steve Schultz points out that since the Garden of Eden, Satan has confronted man to his face. And his question, his accusation has always been, did God really say? So he's... Casting aspersions on the validity of God's word. He seeks to create doubt in what God has said. So sometimes if you think you're hearing from God, there will be a demon called doubt, that's its name, that will immediately say, don't think that's God. So be very, very wary that once you start practicing hearing the voice of, the, of, of God, and you can practice to hear, a spirit called doubt will tell you you're not hearing or you're imagining it. And now Satan is lying to the church again in a very big way. His ac- accusation is that God isn't speaking to his church or to individuals anymore other than what was written 2,000 years ago. And millions believe this. 
Many theologians say that since the time when the Bible was written, God went deaf and mute, it would seem. They explain he only speaks through the written word. And this has been spread through many churches, from Baptist to Pentecostal. There'd be some churches that if I was bringing this message now, would get up and walk out. Because I'm suggesting that you can hear the voice of the Lord personally. Sad, eh? It's really sad. You know, there's an old song that I used, that my mother used to sing. And uh, we've got a beautiful worship group here. But I'm, I miss listening to my mum's voice. She could sing in about seven different harmonies if there is such a thing. Um, and just the most gorgeous, beautiful voice. And every now and then she would stand up and, and sing at one of my father's meetings. And one of the songs Coral, my mother, sang was, He Lives, He Lives. But look at the, what the, the words of some of these authors of these old classic hymns said. I serve a risen saviour. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he is always there. He lives, he lives Christ. Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. You know, these old hymn writers really did walk and talk with the Lord. And there might be a few people here who remember the song we're going to hear right now. Jan says it's old school. But I love the lyrics. This was written in 1912. Let it rip, Janet. Just opening up. Listen to the word. Look, look at the lyrics when you hear the song. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. So in the garden by Austin Miles. Any luck or shall we just move on? Okay, let's move on. He's the one, God's the one, to whom the scripture refers when it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Your conscience is obviously the Lord talking, is it not? And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So the great prophet Elijah, hearing God, how does, did he hear, hear God? Still, quiet, small voice. And that's usually how the Lord talks. Not always, as you'll find out. Steve Schultz in his book says, the more awakened you become to God's desire to talk to you, the greater will be your desire to pursue every avenue that opens up to hear his voice. 
Some of you will begin to grasp, perhaps for the first time, that you've been hearing your, his voice your entire life. You just didn't recognize it. Now Jesus told his disciples, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant's servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So the Lord regards us as his friend. Do friends talk with each other? You know, the disciples had the benefit of um, seeing God with skin on, in the person of Jesus Christ. But most of the time, they didn't understand who he was. They saw him, touched him, and heard his voice, yet they never fully grasped what and who Jesus really was until he ascended to heaven. But yet the Bible says, well, before I get to that, but you know, on the other hand, in hindsight, we know who Jesus is and was. We don't get to walk around with him in the flesh, but instead, we've received more. He dwells within us. The Bible says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. He dwells within us. Our challenge, therefore, is this. Different from the disciples' challenge, our challenge is to finally grasp once and for all that since he lives in us, we cannot help but hear him. That is, it is simply impossible not to hear him speak. Jesus said, my sheep, listen. Another translation says, recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep, listen, recognize his voice. And the last time I checked, you lot were all sheep. I'm a sheep. And Jesus is still the shepherd. So that means we can hear his voice because he says so. Now, as a kid, I went to Sunday school, a little kid, at Wiramu Street Open Brethren Church in Balmoral, Auckland. Later, our family went to the Wayside Mission, uh, which met in the Sunday School Union basement in uh, Queen Street, Auckland. Uh, that was pretty much for Firebrand Church in those days. Um, Barry Reed, the crippled evangelist, came from there. Trevor Shaw, who was the editor of the Challenge Weekly, came from there. And my dear father, George Curl, who travelled all over New Zealand as an evangelist. Many others came out of that that brethren setting. Then the family moved to Hillsborough Baptist Church where I went through Bible class, boys brigade, youth club. I don't ever recall being taught that we could hear God's voice. And I don't recall hearing from him actually. But then I'm not surprised because I left home at 17 in rebellion to go flatting and take out girls. That's the basic reason why you leave home, isn't it? Through my 20s, I was far away from the Lord, as you could get, working at Radio Haraki, 
Thames TV and Capital Radio in London, going to Deep Purple concerts, Black Sabbath. Very hard to hear the Lord at any of those concerts, I can assure you. Very hard to hear at all. <laughs> then in my early 30s, I came back to uh, New Zealand and I was um, running Radio Otago in Dunedin. One day I was returning to Dunedin from a trip to Auckland and I believe I heard the Lord speak audibly. It was in my spirit. It wasn't a voice out here. It was in my spirit, but it was loud. And what he said was, I am calling you back home. And it was not long after that that I gave my heart back to the Lord. He called me <coughs> back home to him. And I came back up into Auckland. I was sovereignly baptised in the Holy Spirit. It was like a zillion bolts of electricity of God's love just coming through me. If you haven't experienced being baptised in the Holy Spirit, for heaven's sake, do it. It is an incredible, amazing experience and it is separate from when you ask Jesus into your heart and the Holy Spirit dwells within you. No question about that. But to be filled with the Spirit, baptised with the Spirit, is a unique experience that you will never, ever forget. I ended up in Rotorua for, for a few months working for Universal Homes. I'd quit the radio industry because I had found Christ and I couldn't handle what they represented. Even though I was a founding director of the first FM station in Auckland, I walked out before they, they went to air and gave, them, gave away my shares. <clears throat> I couldn't participate in what promoted sex and drugs and rock and roll. When I was alone in a small flat uh, in Rotorua, like the ones down there in Dali Alley, I remember praying and seeking the Lord for what was his plan for my life. And I distinctly suggested that being a pastor and having to listen to people's woes was not my cup of tea. Nor was I interested in being a missionary in, in the Congo. And I'll never forget that clear, quiet voice I heard in my thoughts which said, I'm calling you to a ministry of evangelism with a prophetic edge. That was something to get my head around. What did that mean? Well, that was I was about 35 then. So three decades later, I'm beginning to move, I believe, in evangelism with a prophetic edge. Praise the Lord. So you can hear the voice of the Lord sometime. That's what I thought. I didn't realise that you could actually hear him all the time. That, that, that came later. I was asked to go to Taupo and set up a branch for Universal Homes there, and I sovereignly was introduced to a man called Roy Waldrum, now in heaven. He became my mentor and he taught me how to hear the voice of the Lord on a daily basis. In practical things like, I'm lost, Lord. Where is this section that I've got to find? Do I turn left or do I turn right? First thought I had to practice, I'd head left. The second thought would be turn right. The next thought would be you're probably down the wrong street, turn around and go away. As I practiced hearing that first thought, I learned to hear the voice of the Lord. It was him speaking. He will speak the first time you answer him. Before you finish the question, that's usually the Lord. 
But our minds keep thinking, oh no, that's just my thoughts. We don't realise it's the precious voice of the Lord. And at that time, two years in Taupo, I learned to hear him speak and answer whatever I asked of him. I returned to Auckland and, uh, long story short, I um, started up a marketing agency. I had several clients and then Bill Sabritsky called me, said, Ray, I need someone to organise crusades right throughout the country. Would you be interested? So he became a client. And then he annoyed me all the time because he rang every 10 minutes. So I was driving on the motorway and I said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? I was under real stress. And I heard the Lord say, again, driving on the motorway, drop all your commercial clients. That's all he said. That gave me the answer. Bill, I'm going to come to work for you and you're going to have to pay me what the others were paying me. That made him gulp, but he did. God bless him. He was a very <coughs> generous man. Then I had to get involved in the seminars, organise them, get them filmed, and write, get the notes printed. And Bill taught in the, in, in the seminar, Gifts of the Holy Spirit, he taught that we can hear God in many ways. Obviously, direct from his written word, as you're reading the Bible, a rima comes out to you. That's the Lord putting his finger right on something. It's called a rima. From someone speaking to us. Men, often when your wife is speaking to you, it's the Lord correcting you. Some of us choose not to listen. <laughs> then he usually has to bang us on the head. Or he speaks in a dream or a vision. Or he speaks in an audible voice. Or usually he speaks with a thought or an impression. When I'm praying for people, I'm not hearing an audible voice. I'm not having a dream or a vision. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm getting a thought or I'm getting an impression. Someone will come out and before they speak to me, I get the word hidden anger. Just a word, hidden anger. And I, said, I say, Lord, where does that come from? And I hear damage as a child. So I'll lead the person through in prayer and the Lord will heal them. It's a thought or an impression. So the question is, if you don't hear the Lord, the voice of the Lord, then why not? In that article that came through uh, this week, Three Barriers to Hearing God's Voice, Give some of the answers to that question. One is the barrier of doubt or unbelief. The first thing we need to settle is the fact that God is speaking to us and he wants us to hear him. Why else would Jesus say, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. Some people think that they cannot hear God speak unless they have a prophetic gift or a special ministry, but that's a misconception. God wants us all to have a relationship with him, and this is why Jesus paid the price of his life on the cross. Communicating with our Father is the basic right of all sons and daughters, and the joy of our Lord, in the joy of the Lord. It is what we were created for. We were created 
to have a relationship with Jesus, with a relationship with God the Father. The Bible says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if we are being led by the, by the Spirit of God, we are his children. So it's very important to be led by him. Never be intimidated by someone, someone else's gift or the way another person hears he God. Abraham Charlesen, he preaches, preaches up a storm and the Lord's telling him that person at the back row needs to come forward for pray. That he's hearing all the time. But we don't have to think that oh, only Abraham Charles can hear like that. We all can hear the, the voice of the Lord if we press in and learn and practice. God has uniquely wired you to hear him. Another barrier is sin or sin consciousness. Some people allow shame, condemnation, or a sense of worthlessness to make them feel as though they are separated from God and therefore unable to hear his voice. Wrong. We need to remember that as Christians, the barrier of sin separating us from God has already been dealt with at the cross. We have a right to hear the Lord. Satan, spirit of doubt, he'll say, hey, you've mucked up. There's still that area of sin in your life and you can't hear God. Well, for sure, God is speaking, but you're not hearing. Sometimes because you don't want to. Yet the Bible says, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But this is a very important point that some people miss out, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So there's no condemnation in Christ if you're walking with Christ in the Spirit. If you are just living an ordinary life in the flesh, not seeking the Lord, not following the Lord, you'll feel condemned all right. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So rather than view sin or temptation as a barrier between God and us, God wants us to take that, that very issue that is troubling us into that place with him. Sin loses its power when we bring it to the light. The Bible says, but if we, I love the scriptures, my, one of my favorites. Let's read it through slowly. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So if we're walking with Jesus and seeking Jesus, we will fellowship with one another much better than if we're on our own, not, not seeking the Lord. If we don't seek the Lord, we'll soon fall out of fellowship with the rest of the body. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and it cleanses from all unrighteousness. So if there is an issue of sin in our lives or addiction or temptation that's troubling us, in addition to prayer, find a safe place to share and be accountable. For example, to a Christian mentor or to a leader. James says, confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. So if there's something troubling you, and if there is some sin in in your life, go and share it with a a brother or sister in Christ. Bring it to the light. And as you bring it to the light, it'll get dealt with. And you'll be set free. And you'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord much, much more clearly. Another barrier of fear, another barrier of hearing God's voice is fear. Some people are fearful that when they are, they are, what they're hearing may not be from God. And it is true. There are many voices around us and that we need to weigh up what we are hearing to ensure it is from God. That's why we should be transparent with one another and share things. The Bible says, For the God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, maturing as Christians... and is a process. So weighing up what we have heard or think we're hearing is very important. Is it in, co- in accordance with the nature of God, the fruit of the Holy Spirit? God's voice will never contradict what the Bible says. God's word will build the church and promote unity. What you hear from God will stand accountability or oversight of your elders. The antidote to fear is faith, putting your faith into into God and trusting him and your relationship with God. And as you grow in your relationship with God, you'll get to know his voice. You can trust that what he is sharing with you is good and from his spirit. Now next month I'm going to explore more in depth on how to hear God's voice so that you can prophesy. That means speak a word from God of comfort, encouragement, or exhortation. Adelaide moves in that gift tremendously. A word of comfort, encouragement, or exhortation. Where does that word come from? It's coming from an impression or a thought. And Adelaide speaks it out to others and how you can move in the gifts of word of knowledge so that you can confidently pray for others you don't have to come out the front and have me or Abram Charles or Dez get a word of knowledge for you you can actually get it from a friend you can get it from anyone in the body who reaches out to hear the Lord a word of knowledge it just takes practice okay So that's next month. Let's pray a prayer together, and I'm going to close on that. Let's say this out loud. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I invite you to unblock my ears, my mind, and my heart, so that I can hear and recognize your voice. Help me to hear you and obey you. Amen.
bless you. Peace. <clears throat>